clappers, singers, media team, sound team, ushers, nursery, cleaners, prayers, givers, tithers, interceders, whatever you do here. Thank you for coming, sitters, whatever you do. We're, we're grateful to have you here tonight. Man, if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew 24. If you know anything about your Bible, when we ever turn to Matthew 24, it's going down. It's happening. We're not joking now. Matthew 24 is not a joking, joking chapter. Amen. Read an article. It says, are you ready for the end of the world? It says, we cannot deny that we are on the cusp of an increase in the number and magnitude of events that may, in the twinkling of an eye, change the world as we know it. This is not a church. This is not a Christian foundation. Uh, when it does, few will have life assurance solutions for the survival of their family. We have been warned of Armageddon, future plagues, like what we're experiencing now, a super volcanic eruption, major earth changes, killer asteroids and comets, mega tsunamis, an economic meltdown, and even the anarchy that will uh, certainly follow any one of these events. For just $35,000 per person only, you can secure your place for, for 12 months in an underground shelter designed to protect you and everyone else in it from the major disaster. Millions will perish or worse yet, struggle to survive as victims. They offer this reminder. Remember, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. That was pretty good. I like that. Hey, I could hear someone's, someone's microphones coming through through this. I heard someone say, hey, sup, docs. Hey, how you doing? It's still coming through. Um, so they're realizing it's the end of the world and their answer is building a bunker. And can I tell you that, you know, that building a bunker will not help you when the rapture happens. Building a bunker will not help us when the coronavirus hits even more harder where it's hit every other nation around the world. What will help us is having our hearts right with Jesus Christ. And this is something that we must be aware of. One of my friends in, in Melbourne is a very, very silly man. He just recently backslid. Uh, he decided that his way is better than God's way. And um, he acts like, yeah, yeah, this is the way. And he acts all confident and tough. And then, But one day he was um, trying to get a hold of his wife and his wife still comes to church. He doesn't. Uh, and he's trying to get a hold of his wife and she's not answering the phone. Tries again an hour later. She's not answering the phone. Two hours later, three, four, five hours goes by and he hasn't heard from her. And he starts freaking out. He's, free, he's called her many times. Uh, my brother-in-law Keenan arrived at his house the same time that his wife arrived at home. So they saw her and they see him uh, and he freaks out. He says, why didn't you answer your phone? I've been trying to call you for the five hours. I've been worried sick about you. Where have you been? How come you didn't answer your phone? She's like, sorry, it was on silent. I didn't see. And then Keenan said, well, were you scared the rapture happened? And there was that nervous laughter. He's like, huh, huh, huh. So I'm going to preach tonight a message that applies more than ever before. I'm going to preach on Christ's return and the coronavirus. I'm going to believe God to help us this evening. Uh, we really need God to move upon our lives because we are facing the end of the world very soon and we need God to intervene on our behalf and we need to be working actively before he returns. So Matthew 24, verse 3, the Bible says, Now as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming or end of the end of the age? Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Notice here, it says, do not be troubled, because the end is not yet. 
For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. And they, they will deliver you to, up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Amen. Let's pray before we start. God, we're grateful for your word. I'm grateful for our church, God, that we have somewhere to gather tonight, Lord. And God, in these last days, as these plagues are breaking out, let us live with wisdom. Let us live with urgency. God, I rebuke the spirit of being lukewarm, of being carnal, of being religious, of playing games. God, we need a Holy Ghost revival. We need you to sweep through our hearts and set a fire in our hearts, Lord. God, we surrender to you. We surrender to your will. We lay everything at this altar tonight, God. Help us to live with urgency, knowing that you are returning very soon. You could return even tonight, God. Come soon, Lord. Save our friends. Save our family. Let the Holy Ghost have right of way tonight. Do what you want to do this evening. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody says, Amen. Christ's return and the coronavirus. Let's look firstly at the purpose of plagues. The purpose of plagues. Jesus just doesn't just watch the world. And just he's not just up in heaven just watching. He is intervening in our earth and in our lives. God's not sitting up in heaven, uh, not concerned about what's happening. He is very concerned about what's happening. And he is orchestrating events here on earth. With God, there is no such thing as a coincidence. There is no such thing as, oh, that just happened. With God, there is always a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Everything is orchestrated by God. And in our text, the disciples ask, when is it going to be? How is it going to be like when you return, when you come back, when the rapture happens? And Jesus lists a stack of things that, that is going to happen and increase in the last days. And this proves that he's aware of what's happening. And actually, he's forcing it. He is allowing things to happen for us. And he is giving us warning signs of his return. Verse 6 to 8 of our text, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows, or another translation says the beginning of horror to come. And one of the ways God gets our attention is through plagues. The word plague or plague is used 128 times in the Bible. And God uses plagues over and over again to get people off themselves, looking at their own sin, their own pride, their own ego, their own emotions, and focus on God who can make a difference. The word plague is a contagious bacterial disease characterized by fever and confusion, sometimes infected, sometimes infection of the lungs. Does infection of the lungs and plague sound familiar for what's happening today? And unusually, another translation of a plague says, an unusually large number of insects or animals infesting a place and causing damage. And I'll get to that in just a moment. So why does God have to use plagues to get our attention? Why doesn't he just speak to us? Well, he does speak to us. We just don't listen. God speaks. He's got a whole book here written, dedicated to tell us what, how to live our lives. And most people, they don't read this. So God's like, you're not going to listen? I'll send the plague. And then we'll see who will listen. He did this with Pharaoh. He's trying to get Pharaoh's attention. Pharaoh had a hard heart. He wouldn't let, listen to Moses, wouldn't let the people of Israel go. And so God sent plagues. In fact, he had to send 10 plagues to get Pharaoh's attention. 
He turned water into blood. They sent frogs, lice, flies, livestock died. They got covered with boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and the death of the firstborn. And this was all on the Egyptians. It didn't happen once to the children of Israel. Imagine darkness everywhere. The Bible says it was a darkness that could be felt. It was extreme darkness. Yet where the children of Israel were, the sun was shining. Because God is trying to get this man's attention. Finally, Pharaoh agrees and he let the people go. It was until he submitted until he realized that he couldn't box with God is when God stopped the plague. And right now, God is sending us plagues here on earth today. Right now. And why is he doing that? He's doing that to get your attention. And I pray tonight he gets your attention. We need to know that Jesus Christ is coming back soon. How many of you believe that? You say, amen, Jesus Christ is coming back soon. And we need to live with this urgency. The problem is we, we don't view sin as a big deal, Right? We view sin as, sin as this like this side issue. It's not a big, I'll just pray and I'll be fine. We view it as, you know, you know everybody does it. It's only sex. It's only one night. It's, it's only drinking with the boys. It's only this. It's only that. It doesn't hurt anybody. It's not a big deal. But Jesus said, no, sin is so serious. I'm going to send you plagues to wake you up. In truth, when there's a plague, you're defenseless. You can't fight a plague. Egypt couldn't even defeat the frogs. Think about that. They couldn't even defeat frogs. Yeah, we think we're going to defeat God with our mentality. So this world is in a state of chaos right now. And the majority of that is because of the coronavirus. I touched on this in the Bible hour this morning. That's why we, we're not hugs and, and handshakes and kisses and everything. You just, just fist pump or wave. Waves, I'm liking wave. Wave's cool. I love you. Good to see you. Or bow. Whatever you want to do. Like, we're trying to implement a, a no-touching policy at the moment. The reason being because this virus is spreading like wildfire. This morning I said there's only six cases in New Zealand. There's already two more today. It's at eight. And it will grow very, very quickly. They said it's going to increase and getting worse and worse for the next three months. And this is causing the world to, be, to have problems all over the place. In America, they've currently, uh, they've currently announced that they're in a state of emergency, a national emergency. What that means is they've opened up funds for $80 billion to get pumped back into the, into the society and the economy so they can survive because without it, they won't. Businesses are shutting down. The NBA has shut down. Uh, the NCAA, I said, spoke about this this morning, the NCAA tournament, which, which gets a revenue of $1 billion, has been shut down because of the coronavirus. Schools have been shut down. Universities have been shut down. Things are getting shut down. Churches have been shut down. In Australia, they've banned meetings of more than 500 people. And I just want to say, luckily, the Perth conference wasn't this week. Luckily, it was last week. Or else when I got back, you'd have no pastor for two weeks. We'll have to ask Pastor Bourne to come and pastor for us for, for a while. AFL games have been shut down. NRL games have been shut down. In Europe, it's getting worse and worse. All the soccer uh, games have been, have been canceled. Uh, the Serie A in, in Italy, the EPL, everything's been shut down. In America, Broadway, all of the shows, they've all been shut down and canceled. They've even closed Disneyland. And like, that's when you know life is bad, when Disneyland closes down. You know, it's like, wow, it really is the last days when you can't even open Disneyland to get through, right? In Italy, there's over 20,000 people affected. Over 1,400 people have died and over 220 in the last 24 hours. It's not just staying, it's, it's spiking and it's getting worse and worse and worse. They're in complete shutdown in Italy. Businesses have shut down, schools, you can't fly in, you can't fly out. In Ireland, the schools and universities are shut down. You can't have gatherings of more than 100 people. Right here, we wouldn't be able to have this. That's what's happening around the world. And might very well happen here in New Zealand. 
in the UK, the number of people who have died has doubled recently. In Australia, they're, they're freaking out. Uh, I told you about the shopping centers. That you get these? I've got some photos here from my mother-in-law sent through. This is what the stores look like. You see these signs here? Zero tolerance. You go to the next one. Zero tolerance. Aggressive and abusive behavior will not be tolerated. Our team is here to help, not to be hurt. Because they're starting fights over toilet paper. Because people are so panicking. They're panicking so bad. People have got so much fear that they don't know how to live. Have we got another one there? That's, that's the aisles in Countdown in Australia. Who wants to go to Oz? Australia is going to go into lockdown very soon. Very, very soon. They've, just, uh, they've got over 250 cases, and that's increasing by the day. Um, and then just today, um, uh, the Prime Minister said they're doing the same thing as here in New Zealand. So anyone that flies into Australia uh, from today forward will be in quarantine or isolation for 14 days. You can't go to work, can't go to school, can't do anything, can't go to church. You have to be alone, isolated at home for 14 days, two weeks. The same is here in New Zealand. So remember I spoke before, uh, sorry, so Jesus spoke of a pestilence that will come. A pestilence is a fatal epidemic disease, something that can't be stopped. Jesus said, these things are going to come in the last days before I return. And that's what's happening right now. We can't stop the coronavirus. We can only hope to minimize it and that it doesn't affect many other people. Very soon, I believe some of the schools here in New Zealand have already shut down. It's only a matter of time before more of them shut down. Universities are shutting down. Uh, it's, and soon enough, they're going to be closing churches. Some close, churches have already closed. The Mormon church have already closed. They're going to be closing churches very soon. So this is something that we must take very seriously. Authority said in the next three months, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's just going to peak for the next three months. Remember I spoke before, a plague is something that has an infectious disease, especially in the lungs. And Jesus said, that's what's going to be happening when I return. That's what's going to be increasing. This coronavirus is an infection of the lungs. You get a fever, you get a coughing fit, and all sorts of things. Jesus says, when that happens, be ready. I'm coming back soon. This is the worst plague we've had around the world since 1918. So it's been 100 years since we've had a plague this big. In 1918, they say at least 33 million people died in the Spanish flu. Some people say between 50 and 80 million people died. And today, it can be, it can be spread so much more quickly. You know, guys, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. But I feel like it's raining now. And if you are not building the ark, and if you are not in the ark, you are out of your mind. Like what else does God have to do to get your attention? Maybe you're backslidden here. What are you doing? Why are you wasting time? This pestilence is going to hurt the economy as well. They say the U.S. may already be in a recession. This could linger even after the, uh, the coronavirus is crisis over. That's going to be at least another 6 to 12 months, and then we're going to feel it over here too. So this is, the, this is the, the, the power of plagues. This is the reason we have plagues, is to get our attention. And this is what God's doing right now. He's coming back soon. Number two, let's look at the presence of plagues. Besides the coronavirus that's happening everywhere, there's something else that's happening in Africa that you might not have heard of. They are having plagues of locusts in Africa, and they are out of control. Tearing across East Africa right now is a plague of biblical proportions. Hundreds of billions of locusts in swarms the size of major cities are laying waste to the crops in their path. Can you imagine all of Auckland being one swarm of locusts? That's what's happening right now in Ethiopia and in Kenya. 
I've got a video here of um, what it looks like. Imagine if that swept through. What's this guy trying to do? Seriously. Imagine if that swept through Auckland. Seriously. These guys need Jesus or something. Like. Yeah, you can take that down. Yeah. That's, that's, that's happening all through Africa at the moment. Fueling the locust destruction has been an abundance of vegetation following unusually heavy rains. All the food in the landscape can support a, a huge number of rapid breeding insects. They say the insect population can boom by a factor of 500 by June. They could be times that amount by 500 by June. They estimate the swarm covering one square kilometer could eat as much food in a day as 35,000 humans. Just in one day. One kilometer. At least 20 million people are in danger as scientists and governments rush to bring the insects under control. China is actually worried now that, they're going to, that locusts are going to come over towards China too. And this is a, from an article. This is not a Christian website. It says, like something out of the book of Exodus, locust armies are devouring entire farms in Kenya in as little as 30 seconds. This is happening around the world. And, you know, it is in the book of Exodus, but it's also in the book of Revelation. In the tribulation period, this is after the rapture, and I'll get to that in just a moment. There are going to be plagues that hit the earth, and they are going to be, you think it's bad now. You think people are fearful now. You just wait until what's going to happen then. The fifth trumpet, this is one of the, 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 um, the, the plagues that come and hit, the judgments that come and hit the earth is in Revelation 9. Revelation 9, 1 to 5 says, And the, the fifth angel uh, sounded, And I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. It gave, uh, to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. And out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth. And to them it was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing, or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like a torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. That's what's going to happen in the seven-year tribulation period. That's just one of 21. These locusts are going to come and they're not going to be eating, they're not going to be eating food from the farm. They're going to be attacking people for five months. Because of these locusts that are happening right now, can you you can see God's giving us pictures of what it's going to be like in, in the in the tribulation period. It's not like oh, I can't really imagine that it's happening now, but it's only going to be on a whole new level. Because of these locusts that are coming through, that are coming into uh, plagues or famine, people in Africa, there's some parts that they didn't have enough food already as it was. Now these locusts are eating all the food, and they they don't have enough business today. Says the UN has warned that the swarms represent an unprecedented threat to food security. Listen to this: a medium-sized swarm can eat the same amount in one day as the entire population of Kenya. One swarm eats the, for, enough for the whole country in one day. They're going to go into into famine. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-four seven: "For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences." Earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Jesus says, I'm just getting 
just getting started when these things happen. It's only going to get worse. Things are just going to increase. In Australia, another plague that they're experiencing at the moment is a plague in, in, in Queensland of bats attacking this, this country town. I think I've got a video here um, of these bats attacking this country town and they can't get rid of them. The noise is deafening. The stench, worse. But locals are powerless to get rid of them unless they break the law. This is the spot from the horror movie. And it was like a bat tornado over the town. That's how bad it was. It just seems to me that every bat in Australia is now in England. It's a town under siege. Overrun by bats that outnumber the population by hundreds of thousands. It just stinks. It, it stinks. Infiltrating every corner of the town and putting lives at risk. What was your biggest fear when you got scratched? Um, am I going to die? Like, what's going to happen? Get rid of the bats. We, we've, we've had enough. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's been going on for way too long. It's mid-morning in Ingham in North Queensland and in the centre of the normally quiet town, there's a cacophony of screeches. The problem that we're having is that we're, we're seemingly being in, uh, influxed by more and more animals and the roost cannot handle it. The botanical gardens are overrun with bats. Every inch of every branch is covered with them. Mayor Raymond Jayo says they've now reached biblical plague proportions. It's a nightmare. It, it is a nightmare. It's truly disgusting. Some of the trees are so full of bats, they're constantly breaking from the sheer weight of them. The bus stop, footpaths, even the town's cenotaph are covered in bat feces. But at night, it's far worse. This is what locals here have to put up with every day. There's hundreds of thousands of bats flying around. The noise is horrendous and the smell is putrid and lingers long after the bats have flown away for the evening. This can last up to an hour and is repeated every morning. I think you get the picture here. So who else wants to move to Australia? Thank God we left, eh, Nathan? Thank the Lord. This is what's happening around the world. Imagine waking up and that bat, these bats everywhere, scratching people. These bats have uh, are very sick. They carry all sorts of diseases, and that's getting poured out into the people that, in that country town. Like Bible days all over again. Jesus also spoke about earthquakes increasing. It says that there is one earthquake every three minutes in California. Because people say, oh, they're not really increasing. It's just the same. We just have more news now. One earthquake every three minutes just in California. Got a statistic here. In January two, uh, 2019, there were 6,544 earthquakes. In January 2020, we saw 11,185 earthquakes. Jesus says, when this starts increasing, I'm coming back. Does anybody see like a significant increase there? It's doubled in one year. Jesus Christ is coming back very, very soon. These plagues have a point. We can't save ourselves from the coronavirus. You can't save yourself from bats attacking or locusts attacking or earthquakes happening. They have a point that we need to reach out to God and say, God, help us in these last days. God, we need your help. 
is giving people a warning. God loves people. God, God loves you guys so much and people around and all the nations of the earth that he's giving us warnings. He's saying, listen, I'm coming back soon. I'm sending these plagues so you can wake up and realize that I'm going to come back very soon. Verse three of our text. Then he sat on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And verse 33 says, so you also, when you see these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Jesus says, I'm right at the door. When you see this stuff, I'm at the door. I'm coming right now. Church, the rapture is going to happen. What the rapture is, is when Christ comes back and he takes away all of the Christians off, off the earth. And the Bible says in First Thessalonians 4, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll all be gone. Immediately raptured up to Jesus, we'll meet him in the clouds. And all that will remain, only the sinners here on earth and no more Holy Spirit. After that, the Antichrist will come through. After that will be the seven-year tribulation. And that's when all hell will break loose. In this seven-year tri- tribulation, in the first half, to the first three and a half years, half the population is going to die. By the end of the, of the seven-year tribulation, they say only a quarter of the, of the earth will still be alive. They say, uh, the Bible talks about earthquakes removing islands. Many of you come from islands. That island's not going to be around during the tribulation. Think about the tsunamis and the volcanoes and all the problems that are going to arise in this time. And the Bible says that if the, those days weren't shortened to only seven years, no one would survive. People are going to be screaming, wanting to die, but they can't. And that's the last days that we live in right now. And this is what we must be aware of. So let's close with what to do now. After all these things. What do we do now, knowing all of this? And this applies to every single person. Because Jesus Christ is coming back very soon, we need to work our butts off and warn people about the coming judgment. And tell people this is what's happening. Tell people this is what's going to come if we don't get our hearts right with God. Now is not the time to be lukewarm and carnal. Can you say amen? Now is not the time to come to church and just go through the motions and be like, yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, well, that's what they said in Noah's day too. Matthew 24, 37 to 39. But as in the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and they did not know until the flood came and took them all away so also would the coming of the son of man be what the scripture says people were just living normal people were just living life it's no big deal I can go out drinking it's all good I can go out eat let's go have some fun it's no big deal I can go do this it's no no big deal what did they say to Noah Noah why are you building an ark for there's no rain there's no rain here on earth why would you why would you build an ark that's, that's stupid Noah we live in the desert it's never rained before there's no ocean who builds a boat on dry land it's insane isn't it and I'm sure they mocked him they said you're, you're crazy Noah you are stupid why are you building a stupid boat who needs a boat why are you wasting your time why are you giving your life to this for and they continued on in their lives they thought everything was all good they thought everything was fine until one day you know this always gets me didn't didn't they see the animals walking two by two to the, to the ark? Like, if I saw two monkeys just randomly walking in front of me, right, and then two gorillas come after them, and then two cows, I'm like, something's different today. I'm not sure what it is, but something's different. But they still didn't listen. They may have sat, sat in churches like this and still didn't listen. He said, I don't need to get my heart right. I'll get it right later. It's not going to rain. 
that Noah got in the ark before it started raining. I believe it was like seven days later. Then they were out in the field and they started to smell something different. What's, what's that smell? It smells funny. And can you imagine the horror that they would have faced when they felt the first drop of rain hit their head? And in that moment, they would have realized, oh, flip, Noah was right. And they ran to Noah. They ran to the ark and they're smashing the door, but God had shut the door. And there's no more time to get your heart right. Can you imagine backsliders when Jesus Christ comes back while they're sitting on their phone on Instagram and Christ comes back? I said the Polish house was right. What church are you going to go to? Where are you going to run to? Who's going to help you? Because this church won't be open. What are you going to do? The time to get a heart right is now. You know, people joked about the coronavirus. They said it's not a big deal. In Iran, they joked about it. And for days, they showed no concern. Now, Iran has got, is in lockdown. And the, the man, that their, their health minister, who joked about it, has now got the coronavirus. You know, some of you, if you, if you joke about sin and rebellion you'll be the first one and you'll miss out man too many people are joking about Jesus Christ coming back I'll get my heart right later well who knows if you've got later you don't have later you've only got right now and right now might be running out so two things you need to do as we close what do we need to do number one we need to make it home Verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Not who, get, not who prays a prayer. He who endures to the end. The ones that, that are focused on God. The ones that don't quit. The, the ones that fail and get back up again. They're the ones that make it to the end. Not the perfect ones, not the, not the precious ones, not the pretty ones. It's the ones that keep going. And regardless of what happens, I'm going to make it. In baseball, it's not about making it to first base. Wow, I made a base run. Awesome. I made it. to first. You haven't gone home yet you got to keep going. And many people, they make it to first base and they think, man, Christian life is easy. I got this. I can muck around in Sydney now. And then they get run out in second and third. Wouldn't it be horrible if, if have you seen it like they're, they're running around, they get the third and they're running towards home base. They're just about to get there and they get, they get put out. He says, now you're out. Imagine that Christians living for God their whole life. And then I feel like having a drink, eh? And you're out. The last moment. What a horrible thought. Just because you're saved today doesn't mean we should start boasting. It is, I'm going to focus on this and by the grace of God, I'm going to make it to the end. I've heard those people that say, I'll never backslide. They usually backslide the next week. But we need to be very, take this very seriously. We need to make it home. I pray all of you make it home. I don't want to get to heaven and just have me and my family. I'm responsible for your soul. And that's why I preach sermons like this. Because if your heart's not right with God, I hope I freak the hell out of you. I really do. I prayed that. Better to get your hell out of you now than have the hell in you later, right? So firstly, you need to make it home. Number two, 
We need to preach the gospel to absolutely everybody we can. Verse 14, And the gospel of this kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. We are running out of time. Time is ticking away. Jesus Christ is coming back very, very soon. And we need to be sending out churches all over New Zealand and all the world, actually. That needs to be our vision. That needs to be our goal. We need to be outreaching as often as we can, not just for an hour on Saturdays, because that's not going to cut the mustard. We need to be giving ourselves to this. We need to be going all out for this. The reason why Pastor Nathan and Susie came is not just to come and start a, a new life here in New Zealand, but to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why they're giving up everything in Australia, everything that they had, all the comforts, family, friends, all, everything that was, that was comfortable in normal life. They turned all that aside to go to Odu so they could start another church. And that needs to be our vision. That's why we have three back-to-back-to-back uh, 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 impact teams so we can go and tell people about Jesus Christ. We need to be giving as many impact teams as we can as possible. We should not be saying, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to go on this one. What are you going to do? What's more important than outreaching people? What's more important? Tell me what's more important. What's more important? Making money, is that more important? Imagine if you had the cure to the coronavirus, but you didn't tell people because you're too busy working, getting money. That's horrible, isn't it? How could you, how could you look at those families in the eye and say, listen, I, I wanted to help you. I had the cure. I know you were desperate. I know you needed the cure. But um, I need that extra dough. So how could you look at those people in the eye? That would be horrible. And all of us would be angry with that person. Imagine if you had the cure for cancer or a cure for the coronavirus, but you're too busy playing sport. I want to help you guys, but hey, this rugby ball, I don't know. Your soul, a rugby ball. I don't really know where to go. Really? Is that the level we've got to? Because sin hardens our heart. Sin hardens our heart. The Bible says in Hebrews 3.13, you must warn each and every, other, every day while it is still today so that none of you will be, be deceived by sin and hardened against God. You know, in Italy, the reason it shut down now because they acted too late. There's an article that explains how they, they didn't put any precautional measures and they only were reactionary, not proactive. And now Italy shut down. Challenge you, church, what are we going to do? We have, we have the cure to sin and his name is Jesus Christ. And instead of giving our lives to, I just need to do this and I just want my own time and my own feelings. And what about those precious people that if we don't reach them, who's going to reach them? And some of you, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do. And you can try and put it off. Oh, that's not my calling. Proverbs twenty four eleven says this. Deliver those who are drawn towards death. And hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we didn't know about this. Does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? I mean, doesn't God know? Or he who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And this is the final one. That's, this is scary. I don't like this line. And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? It's every time we didn't help when we should have. We have the cure. 
we have the answer. And people are so desperate for it. As Christians, it's time to stop being silent. It's time to stop being passive. It's time to get militant and aggressive with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There's no more time to be lukewarm for God now. That, that, those days, that we're over. That, that, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to be lukewarm. That, 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 that's over. Like, out of all times in all of history, the worst time to be lukewarm is today. The worst time to be carnal. Oh, I just, I just like my music. I just like these movies. I just like these videos. Church, we are in the last days. And I pray you get my spirit tonight. But enough mucking around. Enough trying to play with God and be like, oh, I'm in, uh, I'm out. I'm in, I'm, I'm out, I'm in. Because the day you step out, God, actually you might try and get in and God will say no. Because what happens when you do that, your heart gets hard and you no longer hear from God. So Christ is returning very soon. We've got the answer. Don't hide your light under a basket. Don't, don't hide the answer, but proclaim it to the ends of the earth. And let's see God bring a revival in these last days. Did you say amen with me, church? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray.